You will listen to Gillian and Corecast, episode number 12. No makey here. Be sure to check us out next time, episode number 13, for the conclusion of our interview with Doug Mankey. I'm your host, Frankie Mateo. Joining me today are Andrew NDP, you know, the host and the creator of TheGreenLineAndCore.com. Uh, we also have Brandon West, you know, the uh, ever-present cut man of any type of line or any type of question he wants you, he wants to cut you the ribbons with or wants to ask you. Uh, we have Carlton, the ever-present, always uh, fun-lovable, and uh, most people are trying to pay him off. But you know what? He's never going to leave us. Uh, we also have Eric on the phone. Coming in with his valid, great points of questions that, you know, most people want to hear and other people are probably saying they don't, but, you know, they still want to hear it. Uh, Kuan, also here, you know, uh, chilling, relaxing with his Sohawk. Chilling out, relaxing, relaxing, all cool, and I'll shooting some b-ball. And, uh, and for most people, most people are going <laughs> to love this, Karen Bing. Karen. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, you know, Karen. Ah, that's right. Uh, we're going to bring you today a few uh, our, our thoughts and reviews of uh, the latest issues of uh, Green Lantern, uh, Green Lantern Corps, Brightest Day, and um, Emerald Warriors. So uh, we're going to begin with uh, Brightest Day, you know, Brightest Day number 12, which recently hit shelves, uh, and the craziness of uh, the Martian Manhunter, not knowing what is real or what is not. What is love? Got to do with anything. Eric and Muzard will never die. Um, I will bring uh, you know to bring up my points of the issue. Uh, Brightest Day number twelve. It uh, deals with only two facets of the story of what's going on in Brightest Day. Nothing to do with the Hawks, which again makes it a very interesting story. Uh, it brings it to again the realization of who the uh, crazy Green Martian, female Green Martian that has been plaguing uh, Earth for uh, I guess twenty, thirty odd years. I'm not sure how long the Martian Manhunter has been on Earth anymore during the retcon, and she's apparently hasn't even doesn't even know how long she's been on Earth to begin with. Um, and bringing it to the fact that she loves John with every fiber of her being, and it's uh, whacked out insane and with two orifices. I mean, she's got a very uh, fang-filled vagina. Yeah, <laughs> Colton, Colton, if I can't teach you where vagina is, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> uh, so it was a bit high, I admit. <laughs> what was your first guess? Uh, the rest of the. the the rest of everything else that's happening in this um, this issue has is also had to do with, deal with a small portion of Deathstorm going off and flying off with a created Black Lantern Corps, which is uh, creative within itself because he literally just talking to himself. Uh, and the, and the, the funniest thing I will have to say about that part would be the fact that uh, Ronnie Ray, for whatever reason, cannot cannot portray break. himself as a hero. 
No, cannot portray him as a hero. Jason gives him an entire pep talk. Listen, man, you've done so many things. You've overcome adversity. You've defeated so many villains in your in your you know strenuous career. You've over you've you've beaten out you know well he didn't say you've beaten out alcoholism, but yet for some reason you have no confidence now. I don't understand this. This this is kind of the Hal Jordan syndrome where everyone else is telling him he's great now. I'm like, okay, I guess I am. Yeah, but he's, he's but it's, it's in the reverse statement that he said when I him, "You're great, Ronnie," but he's like, "You know what? I'm such a screw up." Is uh, it's weird. Uh, bringing it back to John's, uh, we we do see you know a, a glimpse into what in, into his mind as to what's you know what he's going through. And again, beautiful artwork done by Patrick Beeson in this. Uh, better than um, who who did the Firestorm uh artwork again? Scott, Scott Clark. Clark. Scott Clark. I can honestly say the Gleason stuff was far better than the Scott Clark stuff. Scott Clark stuff is pretty good. It was better. He did the, he did the last issue too, right? With um, Firestorm. Yeah. Yeah. His Fred is better than that because uh, only because uh, it's it's uh, uh, there's not much else going in there. But his his death storm is a pretty good design. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, aside from that, anybody else in their thoughts? I was bored out of my mind. Um, I don't care about Martian Manhunter. Um, the little twist did not come as a surprise to me at all. I want to get back to Aquaman. I'm glad the twist wasn't like a cliffhanger. Like we were left to wonder for a couple of weeks if that was real or not. And then, oh, no, it's not. Rather, rather, I mean, I'm glad it's, it didn't happen. They had that last page. It's been a terrible little thing that come out of I don't know. I thought that was kind of thinking outside the box. I thought that would have, might have led to some interesting actually, possibilities. I turned the page and I saw the double splash and it's a little, I was like, oh, fuck this. And then, yeah. and then I was kind of like, once they started, once his, his wife showed up, you're like, oh, obviously this is bullshit. And then the fact that they didn't even bother to like, wait more than an I mean, I was on the opposite of Andrew. Like, they could have waited an issue at least to have us go, like, wow, did he really bring all these Martians back? You know? Because then it's there's, like, there's something to be said for that. You're like, oh, he just I would have, I would have, issue with the blue list of time. I would have liked to see uh, the Martians actually come back. It would have been a nice little twist. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I always thought it was kind of like awesome. It was like, live, damn you, live! I thought, that back. Was, I thought that was a powerful scene. I thought it looked good. I just don't. I just didn't care what the outcome was. Alien Jesus is what we got there. Damn! Yeah, was that, anybody that, else the thinking... The last page of, sort of retroactively nullified the impact of anything in the issue. It retconned itself. Yeah. At it least really to me. Back. The whole issue, the whole issue. I mean, even the, the cutaways were just there to have cutaways. And I really hate the guy that does the Firestorm art. That's just this awful. And, yeah, just just really. I mean, I thought he was good the first couple issues, but now that he's allowed to do all his, like, I guess he's allowed to start drawing really exaggerated figures and stuff. I'm having, like, acid flashbacks to, like, Jim Lee's Wildcats and stuff. It's really not healthy, you know. <laughs> but also, I mean, come on. I mean, like, the, the two, the three pages of Fire, I mean, it's a completely waste of time. The one page of Dead Man was a waste of time. They just went over information we already knew, you know. Um, uh, and then the three pages with Firestorm were even more condescending than a waste of time because literally nothing happened, and they just had one more page of Jeff Johns kind of retroactively trying to make Firestorm important in continuity. Like, hey, while while we're sitting here wasting time, let me just remind everybody why you're important in continuity, Jason. He's like, yeah, shut up. You stopped nuclear wars, blah, blah, blah. Was anyone there? You were the youngest guy to ever joined the Justice League. I was like, wasn't Kyle, like, 19 when he joined the Justice League? I mean, you know, or... or Etc. Etc. I mean, wasn't Snapper Carr like sixteen when he joined the Justice League? Yeah, Dick. Dick was like was like nineteen, eighteen. Yeah, Dick was twelve. I'm pretty sure he's probably part of the Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle, 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 Kyle was definitely at least in his mid twenties because he was walking out of a bar when he became Green Lantern. But 
You know, at, at least for anything else, Dick yeah, was just tagging his, around. And he had his 10-year high school anniversary reunion. That's true, during that yeah, year. year I always forget because he was in the Titans for like a minute, but that was the Titans, not yeah, the Teen Titan, Titans. Titan. It was the, 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 the new Titans, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But still, I mean, you got to think about it. And the fact that it's just confusing at this point what JLA history really is because the last definitive JLA origin story was like 15 years ago. It was JLA year one. You know, and then since Infinite Crisis, we've been retroactively told that Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman founded the Justice League, which, you know, doesn't, re- doesn't deal with any Justice League continuity and, uh, ever. And uh, now Wonder Woman's not in the Justice League anymore, so it's all really all over. So just to remind us of Justice League continuity, like, hey, remember that satellite era Justice League that we've been desperately trying to bring back? Well, it's continuity again. It's like, uh, I don't care. Nobody cares about Firestorm, man. Give it up. Just give it up. <laughs> I like Firestorm. Yeah, we but, yeah Wonder Woman doesn't exist anymore, so. There was no, there was no Ving Rhames, though, was there? Was yeah, it was. Was there? No, I didn't see. Oh, there was a headshot. Was there? Wasn't there? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I didn't read it, so I don't know. Comic Ving Rhames. <laughs> Skinny Ving Rhames. Yes. Uh, no, he wasn't in this. I guess. Okay. Oh no, he was. He, yeah, he's in. Uh, he shares a panel with uh, Professor Stein. Professor Stein. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah, um, pretty much. Everything. We got we got to see the uh, I guess a, a glimpse of what's to come um, with the dead man and dove scene. They're going to be looking for the new White Lantern, and uh, they're going to be looking through important documents for the next five issues. Apparently, uh, Green Arrow has something to do with White Light. I don't know how they got. She said, said people who yeah. died too. She said people who were light oriented and died. I thought the same thing Is when she? I saw him, and she was like, no, yeah, yeah. She was like, anybody who would have died and come back or light oriented and stuff. So she's basically covering the entire oh, DC universe. Yeah, she, she said two like batches. That. Okay. Yeah, she just got her photos mixed up. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Um. Resurrection Man. He he'll be showing up. Resurrection Man. Is that who I'm looking at? Behind the ray. That's a, that's really? not a settled name. Or no, what's yeah. the guy? I, I feel like the, the place for him would have been like Blackest Night. I don't know. Yeah, who is that behind the ray though? Is that I think I, I'm trying, I feel like between, it's between scavenger between, or something between Barry and the Ray, man or woman? It's a man. It's I a man. Like, Looks I like feel like he's, it's like he's got dreadlocks or something. or something. Dreadlocks? Not dreads. He's clearly not. <laughs> um, clearly not of that. <laughs> <laughs> not of that walk of life. Oh, anyway, was there anything people liked about the, the yeah. issue of uh, Birds Day? Anybody like it? Mm-hmm. I actually like the art. I think this is Patrick. Like, this is the worst thinking I've seen in Patrick Gleason ever in it. Um, but it just doesn't really take advantage of the shadows he usually puts on. So maybe he didn't add that kind of stuff. So it just looked different. It looked really different than his work. And I really like all the art with the, the Martians fighting each other. That they were all kind of. I mean, they were like sort of having sex, fighting, talking, headbutting. Sex fighting. Yeah, I like that, but again, just the, the ending kind of nullified a lot of the positive feelings I got from the issue. Yeah. The positive of what? The potential of them being a couple? No, no the not. potential of bringing back Mars. Yeah, bringing back Mars and what that would well, mean for is, is that not the most predictable route you can go with, John? No. Bring more Martians back? No, not bringing Martians back is the most predictable. Killing them all off and leaving them as the last one again is the most predictable. That's stupid. There's nothing to do. You're with stupid. This I'm sorry. That, this character is completely boring when he's alone, and uh, this issue proved it. Um, I've never been um, 
of Patrick Gleason Praiser like Eric. And this issue proved why I'm not no, on his no, no, bandwagon. The problem is that you don't know what inking is, so you don't have an opinion. His inking is doesn't affect me. You know, I don't like this. I don't like his previous stuff. So whether the you inking don't like anything. or not, I don't like Patrick Gleason's art here, and it just doesn't look good. I feel like we've said everything we can say about this issue. I feel like I, feel like I would rather read the Hawks than more Martian Man. Wow, really? Yeah. What? That's that's uh, me. At this, at this point, yeah. Because I don't see this going anywhere interesting. And at least at least I know what's coming for the Hawks, you know? I, I saw it go somewhere interesting and then decide, nah. No, you know, see, that's what it is. It's really any... Uh, the fact that you said anything positive about the Hawks World storyline uh, makes me think that you're asleep or something. <laughs> or that uh, you're... Or brain kind of damaged. Like... No, I'm not, say- I'm not saying I enjoyed what we've seen from the Hawks. I'm just saying... Knowing that they're doing something in the future, which we cannot talk about, um, says to me that they're going someplace, you know, outside of Brightest Day. And that's more interesting. That potential is more interesting than what's probably going to be told with Martian Manhunter. I don't know. I, I, the only thing. Here's, I can dis- I disagree because I think that um, now, as much as it frustrates me because I'm someone who actually likes Martian Manhunter, and this current storyline is kind of ignoring a lot of really uh, major Martian Manhunter stuff, like the fact that there already was a female Martian introduced, and uh, you know, uh, it's possible they're just retconning to the same character and yada yada, and really just ignoring huge, huge chunks of his history, and so, which is kind of the part of the course for Martian Manhunter continuity and stuff. But um, I like that Tomasi is going out of his way to kind of like create a little franchise around Martian Manhunter and kind of, he's real, I think he's doing it more, I mean, you can kind of tell that's what they're doing with all the characters of Brightest Day, but obviously the Hawk world stuff is so ham-fisted and barely explained, and the Hawk, the Aquaman stuff is fun because it's fighting and stuff, but there's nothing really adding to it, you know, it's just, it's basically like an episode of Xena, you know, like a character walks in, says they have a problem, and they fist fight everybody until the hour's up, you know, and... Every, every other storyline is kind of like that, and they're, they're obviously just like characters explaining to you why Firestorm is so important. Characters are just kind of like fighting Aquaman, and at least Martian Manhunter is getting some kind of emotional content. We need less telling, more showing, basically? Yeah, and I think as much as, like I said, I feel like this issue is a waste of time. I think that really only affects me specifically because all of us like, that wasn't... Um, it really only affects me. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, was, uh, that was a cheese and three pepper... Yeah, okay. Uh, it wasn't... It wasn't... I think... Now, as much as I, I think more, this issue more bothered me because, bothered me more because of every other issue before it being kind of a complete waste of time and like, then really just sort of explaining what's going on with the White Lantern, but then before that it was nine issues of spinning their wheels and since then it's been six issues of spinning their wheels and I like, this is really, this would be the crux of the storyline if it wasn't kind of so blatantly coming from day one and this really feels like a third issue of a Martian Manhunter miniseries which I'd be comfortable with because it'd be kind of the middle arc of his storyline, but um, but because really, when you think about what's happening, it's two characters, you know, who are supposed to have met. There's the whole his whole storyline about meeting this character. They meet. They don't overdo it in this kind of melodramatic way. But they they have a conversation. And they really do try to take advantage of the character's abilities and yada yada yada. It's just that I think as Andrew said, they play at this angle that doesn't really mean anything, and they kind of throw it away as soon as they waste it. So, I mean, it's, it's disappointment, and it's, it's interesting to me that we can still talk about any bright stage here for more than 45 seconds because <laughs> nothing happened in like six <laughs> yeah, months. Let's we're move on to the next one. Yeah. I think we're done with that like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's move on to Green Lantern 58. Can I, can I just 
one more point. Um, no. No. How can you say that there's no emotion in the Aquaman story? You no. got suicide. You got um, illegitimate fathers. You got death in Delhi story. No. I, I, I get all that, but the problem the problem is the black the kind of shooting that these um, the shoehorning that Mero is supposed to kill Aquaman. The way it's being written, there's no content for it. It's just she just oh, it's supposed to kill you from the beginning. And then if you know anything about Aquaman's history, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You know, I mean, because half her stories were about how she couldn't get back to her dimension. They were trying to get back to her dimension. Why would she be doing that if she's trying to kill Aquaman? And yada yada yada. And like. If Mara's people have the ability to control water, why do her sisters only use them to make knives? Why can't they just throw the fucking ocean at him and stupid shit like that? And then Black Mana, too. Black Mana's history is so convoluted and so confusing. Really just generally kind of like confusingly racist. Uh, that you're yeah, kind of saying like, oh, he'll... Green Mana Cord. What if... Uh, yeah, Emerald well, Warriors. him having magic daughters. Anyway. Because... Talk about Emerald Warriors because... Again, that's another issue I feel like we can't really say you too mean, much you about. Mean, you mean uh, the third part of issue one of Emerald Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. How could, how could three issues have so much filler? It's pretty much just one issue. This is this as is, this is much filler as Inuyasha. I mean, come on. It's like, it's like <laughs> Let's not be that mean. <laughs> yeah, you know... I'll just say really quick about the issue. I mean, like, we were talking about it like, last month. We were saying, like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I was just like, yeah, the only thing that's issue is Bleed is going to join the team. Bleed is going to join the team. I mean, I like that they gave you more context to the villain, and I like that they're introducing a new villain because, you know, nobody's – Jeff Johns isn't really trying to do that, and I like that the other guys in the Green Lantern universe at least trying to introduce their own characters and they have nothing to do with Green Lantern and stuff, and that's pretty cool. But, um Overall, really, that's just, a, again, a waste of time. Nothing's happening here, because I think they can't reveal all the big secrets until next year, so they're kind of just Nothing's like... Happening, this, nothing's this, happening, this bleed, nothing's happening, please. started in Green Lantern Corps, right? And then it went into... It, like, touched into Green Lantern, and now it's in Emerald Warriors, right? As far as the pact, right? Yeah. It's ridiculous. And yet nothing's happened. And yeah, nothing is nothing has happened in this book except getting the team together... It's taken three. Appa- it's taken three issues for even get to even get like part of the team together, and nothing has actually happened. At least in Green Lantern Corps, where it took them how what was it six issues to get the team together? At least stuff was I'm, happening while they were getting the team together. I'm kind of okay with the pace. I mean, it's too slow. Well, as far as yeah. an introductory, there's meet, there's meet too much talky talky. Yeah. yeah. Less talky, more Dewey. Yeah. Less talky, more fighty. I agree that there should be more battles and stuff. I just think the problem with, and this has kind of sort of been the problem intrinsically with a lot of the Tomasi Green Lantern stuff, is that he'll get that's a really good guy. That's what he does, to, though, usually. What was that? He'll build up to eventually a, a big battle, and then it'll be like nonstop battles. Oh, yeah, no, I agree 100%. I think his action and one of the reasons why Gleason works so well. Hold, can you hold on one second? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We are top priority in his game. Yeah, seriously, dude. <laughs> so something about doing something I heard? I mean, nothing's, nothing's happening. People aren't doing right. anything. It's just going over just the same thing, just continuing. Sorry, hello? Yeah. Hello. Let me, let me finish my thought really quick, sorry. Um, I think he built these really interesting bad guys, and then what ends up happening is um, he just has, like, 16 Green Lanterns fight the one bad guy. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, you know, it was just, it's like... The Mongol storyline, that makes sense. Mongol with 16 power rings, it makes sense that, like, you know, every single off Green Lantern has to fight him. And then once you got down to, like, you know, it was, like, six of them versus Crip for, like, four issues. It, they were really cool issues. That's one of my favorite storylines ever. But 
uh, I mean, come on, like Kyle Rayner, you know, <laughs> fought everybody. Why is he? Why does he need six guys helping beat Crib? You know, and then Bleed, same thing. Bleed jumps Guy Gardner and Kilowog, and everybody and their mother's got to get involved. You know, and it's like, dude, it's just Bleed. Like Bleed is like. Bleed should be the dude that you beat her and six of them up just to show you're tough in the introductory part of issue two. You know, that's how it should be. Ouch, that's harsh. Okay, let's be fair. Let's be let's be fair, guys. We don't like uh, Blaze. We've we've pretty much stated outright that we don't like Blaze. Um, I don't that. I can't say that I'm a big fan of her yet. That that tells them though because that she has great she boots. Was. That's pretty much the only thing. <laughs> <I don't laughs> she was kissed by a wannabe Sinestro and then she got mad. Yeah, I, I I like I mean I kind of like Blaze a little bit, not a lot, but um, I think her design is a little like Harrow, which of the Black Rose, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a bit, it's a bit just gross and kind of like Lady Death. But uh, I don't I don't dislike her. Again, I I Foodies. love the opportunity for them for there to be a character that isn't largely the Trossa is doing something in the Green Lantern comics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, I really like Brother Warth, and so Emerald Warriors is really the only place I've had any exposure to any of the Blue Lanterns, and I really yeah. like him. <laughs> just, I love that in the background he's always, like, face-palming and just being like, <laughs> yeah. so that, that made the, the issue for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think Warth was probably the best part of this issue. Just, like, him Readers, his readers can relate to him. I said all will be well, motherfucker! Well, that's good. I think it's good, too, because that's another thing, like, the only Blue um, Lantern with any, they all have the same personality. They're all like Zen, you know, and it's it's good to have one that has a little bit of personality that isn't, you know, St. Walker, who's just Zen, just like every other Blue Lantern, just a little bit more Zen, you know. So every other Blue Lantern, there's only four of them. I think didn't this, uh, this uh, if I'm mistaken, didn't they also explain a little bit about how Blue Lanterns could actually be effective, as opposed to my problem with them is that they all they they're they're set up. In, physically useless because they can't do anything besides fly in space. That's all they can do. And so when you rush into battle, it's back up. It's like, what are you guys doing there? <laughs> Get out of here. All you can do is fly in space. It's like if I just show up to, like, a knife fight wearing a flight suit or something, and it's like, what did you bring? You didn't bring any knives. I'm like, yeah, I have a flight suit. That's awesome, right? I don't know. You, we, we get to understand what Blaze wants to say through her blood gargling. That that's a, that's a superpower that's kind of useful, I guess. Yeah, I've got nothing. Yeah, they're supposed to apparently be built around uh, supporting the Green Lanterns or something like that. You you gotta admit oh, yeah. when they are when they are with the Green Lantern, they are awesome though. They can do some pretty crazy shit. And then like that one the, time, what do you the, think the, about the, the Sodom Yacht stuff? Yeah, the, yeah. Let's say the, the Church of Yacht. Why do we all? Feel I think that's, that's interesting. I don't. Well, what what makes him special again? With the new bag guy. Yeah, remember? Oh, he has eye. Wait, never mind. Yeah, has a big, uh, there's a big wall of psychic dudes that do psychic dude stuff for him. And he's now on a planet with a red sun, so really, what makes him special beyond a Green Lantern now? Uh, he looks, he talks a lot of shit, I guess, that's awesome. Like, he has a sword. Yeah, he he a clones his batteries. He's... Yeah, he clones psychics, you know, which, anytime they introduce, uh, every time they introduce accelerated cloning into anything, I always think it, it's like, it's like time travel. Just don't ever talk about it, you know, because once you have accelerated cloning, then why wouldn't you just make accelerated clones of everybody? You know, why, if you're talking about it, why don't you just make 17 accelerated clones of yourself? I mean, why even bother having fodder or whatever, you know what I mean? I just think <laughs> why bother? But um, is there anything... How did the issue end? Well, I completely forget what's the big thing at the end of the issue. But they have to kill Sotomayat, maybe. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, oh. He's, he's okay with killing Yad if he has to. If he turns out to be the drain that's making the Blue Lanterns not uh, supercharged Green Lantern rings. 
Right, right. That just tells me that it's going to be another two issues before Sodom Yat joins the team. There's, so. It's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like there's, no, 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 I mean, we know that. Um, who, it's so, like, yeah, there's a lot of carrots being dangled, but just not a lot of payoff. In it. But I don't really expect a lot of payoff yet. I'm, I'm okay with things kind of proceeding slowly as they are. But uh, This is going to read terribly. See, no, I was just thinking the exact opposite. I have a feeling this might read much better in trade. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know I thought tomorrow... Because you, you know, I thought, it all at once instead of just having to read... One issue, and yeah. the next month having to read another issue of just the same slow it's, it's story like, continuing. You know, with, it's with, like watching a television show, but having to wait an entire month before you get back from the next commercial <laughs> break. Yeah. With, with, with Tomasi, I, I expected with all his experience, he'd just get out, get out of the gate a little bit faster. He just seems to be kind of dragging his feet a little bit. My only thing is I think that uh, this, this, this series should have been a lot more exciting the first two issues, and then he should, he should really should have way to make it. Like, the first couple of pages are awesome, you know what it's, but then... Um, you know what it's like? It's like Dragon Ball Z in the 90s, where you watched an episode, and then you'd wait a week, and it would be another episode where the same thing happens. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you were saying, Inuyasha. This is very much so like an anime work. Yeah. Exactly. Honestly, and i got to be honest, and I'm, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of him and uh, Patrick Lee on DLC. That was one of my favorite Green Lantern runs ever. That's kind of what they did with the Green Lantern Corps. You know, I mean, they... And they would have a six-issue storyline, a four-issue storyline, and nothing would happen for two issues. And then issue three, they'd start a fight, and then they'd just fight for another three issues. And I mean, I like the Peter Tomasi thing's really inventive with the situations and really inventive with the combat and the battles and the Green Lanterns and with the characters and, I think, how he uses the Green Lantern powers, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and coming up with the decent bad guys, except for this dude, who I'm kind of still on the fence about. But in uh, all fairness, like, yeah, I think... When I first was reading GLC, I completely dropped it, and then I read it when uh, the cast started up again, or when I joined the cast, I read them all, and I was like, wow, I can't believe I dropped this. This is, like, the fucking most awesome shit in the world, and it's because I was reading them all in trade, like, huge chunks, you know. And I, I don't own any of the house trades from the from Volume 4 except for the first couple, and I own all of the GLC trades, and they're great. I read them all the time. So. I can't see myself flipping through this page after page of talking heads and thinking, this is exciting. This is... The first trade this of is thrilling the thrilling when, when you get to the next three issues, it's going to be more interesting. But it's 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 tiring it reading not. it all, reading all of it month to month, having to read. This is this yeah. is forty what twenty forty you know, sixty pages of talking heads. You know, yeah, when, it is. There's a lot of exposition going you on. You know, here. you know. There's there's a key thing when you're writing when you're writing comics, you have to decide: are you writing a are you writing a, a, a graphic novel just straight up, or are you writing several I issues? Guess I'd be I'd be more. I'd be more okay with it if it was like a standalone story. It's because it's like they make a they make a two hour movie uh, as a pilot to a television show, and then when they air it on television, they they put one part one week and the next part the next week, and so you have to watch it in six separate parts. This you know, movie is meant to be two uh, two hours long. I'm listen, thinking. listen. The key is if you're going to write them in single twenty two issue storylines, you've got to make each issue have a beginning, middle, and end. Some kind of problems, kind of climax. Something's got to happen. You can't well, just make it drag on for three I'm issues. Kind of, of, 90% of the business I'm doesn't kind of, do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 this issue never climaxed. That's, that's wishful thinking. There are definitely there are comics out there that go out of their way to... Um, you know, if you look at... Okay, if, for example, and I always talk about Bendis and Avengers, and I know it's a fully different company, whatever. But Bendis is... Brian Michael Bendis is currently writing like three or five or nine different Avengers titles right now. And if you read them, they're all very different. And he went out of his way to put one Avengers title where... It has a relative beginning, middle, and end in every issue. But if you read most of them, you read nine issues of Avengers, and you have literally Wolverine and Spider-Man and Spider-Woman are standing in a hallway fighting demons, 
for nine issues and nothing happens. And when they finally do win, they literally pull a switch and like, oh, that was easy. And you get a little frustrated, but I guess he's a writer who can kind of get away with doing talking heads and stuff. But can I actually go to the general question? How often do you all reread the uh, comics? I mean, I mean, I have humongous amounts of trades and I read them all the time. There's like six in my bathroom on rotation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, I mean, y'all, like, I know y'all, have, I don't do single issues as much as I used to. I used to most of do trades now. So what do you, what do you guys do in terms of um, read reading? If it's good, then I'll read it right after. Like, Batman and Robin 15 came out this weekend. I read it twice. Like back to back, and I'm gonna read it again once this cast is over. I gotta read it my first time. (laughs) I read it once. I I, I did read Batman and Robin. That's it. Uh, I'll usually actually end up reading an Avengers book twice. Like one time I'll read it, and then I'll go to school the next day with it. With like I'll throw a bunch of comics in my backpack, and I didn't read them all. There's no way I'm gonna reread a bad book. Like. If if this issue was in front of me now, I'm not going to read it again. Well, this is the thing that I'm looking at this because these are the. I mean, to be honest, it's it's these books are the ones that I read more than anything else because I want to you know come to this damn podcast somewhat prepared. But I keep looking back at this one and I keep wondering if I tore the staples out and ripped the pages up. Could I make a better story separating these three stories? <laughs> not, not that the story is, I'm just saying if we rearranged it and put all of the Sodom Yacht stuff in one place and, and one single book and be like, all right, we're going to do all of this here and then we're going to do, you know, nebulous bad guy with a telepathic eye and just put it you might, you might need a few sheets. It, of- does it flow better? Because it looks like he's trying to, like, put shells out. Well, you, you, know, might need to get a, you might need to get a few pieces of computer paper and write three weeks later and stuff in between them. But. He's trying to write a television show where, like, it, it, it goes up, like, to attack us from inside and out, and then it cuts to the next scene. Oh, okay. And then, it, and then oh, look, to your father must dax him. Now it cuts to the next scene, you know, ad break, next yeah. scene, or something like that. There's no excuse for that, though. Um, the, he doesn't have that I was an editor excuse. I'm just now getting into writing excuse anymore. Uh-huh. He's been on. He's you been know, writing for what six years now. Ratchet does this kind of thing, but it doesn't seem to work here. <laughs> well, comparably, I think um, I think in terms of just Green Lantern, you can think about what Tomasi was doing in JLC and what hopefully he's doing here. He writes like long arcs, like sometimes four to six issue arcs, but the arcs themselves are in the middle and then at the end of the arc. There's a goal that start, there's a point that starts at the beginning of the arc. There's a theme that carries the arc, and at the end of the arc, there's a climax. I mean, usually there's a villain, the villain is finished off at the end of the arc, you know, and then we can kind of like proceed to the next. Now, Bernard's sort of doing that here with his with his GLT run, and Jeff John sort of does that, but you can see the difference. Whereas in Jeff John, he'll have six issues about Larflees, and at the end of it, Larflees will just punch out Hal Jordan, fly away, exactly where he was before, taking him to the tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, Cliffhanger to the next storyline. Yeah, I remember promos for the Rage of the Red Lantern storyline going for months, and then when that storyline finally happened, it was three issues of Atrocitus where they're like, I'm Atrocitus, and then flying away, still being Atrocitus. And I'm like, why did I bother waiting for this? <laughs> to, be, to be fair, it wouldn't have been as bad if they didn't delay it so much. Well, that's exactly that was a horrible... Right, it was literally a three-and-a-half-month delay. Yeah, yeah. And that, exactly, and I think that's... that's once you get into that, I think the G, the Tomasi stuff collected has been really good. I just happen to think that by the third issue of every storyline, he's done a lot more than he's done here. I mean, basically, he's getting the team together, but if you if he had maybe, if he was a bit more interesting, and what Karen, what Mew was suggesting, or Karen suggesting, was that every issue really should be, like, he could do a six-issue thing that's just the A-team, just have every issue focus on one of the characters, and make it, like, 
much more interesting than it is. You know, I mean, the first issue sort of focused on Guy, the second issue sort of focused on Kill and this issue sort of focused on Bleeze. I mean, it's really just, you know, just do that. Focus on being like, all right, this issue is the Kilowog issue. So as long as I have a beginning, middle, and end for Kilowog, it's like a little episode of the show. Because what you end up getting is... Why would he do that? Uh, we, we've been reading him for three years, and he's been perfectly fine with a, a, a cast of characters. Why would he need to oh, switch his well, style now? The difference is that the difference is you have to oh, when you do a team book like this, especially considering it's a very specific team. He's going to be working with the same six characters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He has to feature them all to a certain extent, especially characters like Bleeze and uh, that we've never seen before, and Kilowog is in a completely different capacity than he's ever been in a Green Lantern series before. They need to have a little bit of focus on them and, and defining them as characters. I mean, that's what... The this is a new series. Me. He should be doing that regardless. Well, no, but I mean, this is this is a new a new series. I mean, I, I kind of look at this as the idea of let's get people who've never read this sort of stuff in together, and I still have no idea what's going on. Well, to be fair, you know? set up some set up's important, but you've got to have some sort of excitement. I think it's, sort it's, of it's I think it's less about that and more about uh, okay, we've we've now accepted that there's this huge readership of Green Lantern, and that could probably mm-hmm. shoulder another title, um, more more the existing fan than the new ones. Yeah. And I don't think they're being I, too, like they, I don't they, think they're they being too coy that. about it. Mm. That's, that's, that's DC's um, company policy. Even now with their new transference and as their company, their company policy is like cater to the very small amount of people that are slowly but surely stopping buying our comics. Like, that's, I mean, that's, the whole industry is kind of like that. I mean, really, I don't, again, I don't mean to like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a collector's market now. I don't yeah. see that changing. To blow, exactly, I don't mean to blow Brian Bendis anymore, but at least when you're reading an Avengers comic, yeah, you're seeing Wolverine, yeah, you're seeing Spider-Man, yeah, you're seeing you know, Iron Man and stuff, but he's putting Luke Cage in there. And he's putting, like, Spider-Woman in there. And everyone and their mother is like, we don't want to read about Luke Cage. He's like, shut up. You're reading about Luke Cage, you know. And now Luke <laughs> Cage is a Now Spider-Woman had her own series, which, you know, was one of the best-selling digital comics of last year, you know. And it's just, it's one of those things where it works when you push it, you know. And to do things like, oh, yeah, we're going to kill Ryan Choi because Ray Palmer's more recognizable of the Adam. No. <laughs> like, people, if anybody knows about the Adam at all, they know that he wears blue and he shrinks. They don't care if he's Asian. I mean, you know, it's like... You know, it's like, like yeah. so. If they don't care if he's Asian, would it really bother them if one of them, one of the Adams died? It wouldn't. As a general thing, think about the idea of then bringing Hal Jordan back as Green Lantern and all. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, his image of a white dude with his hair parted on the side, brown hair, and a kind of bouffant pompadour thing going on—the typical white guy looking white guy—that's whatever he thought Green Lantern looked like for a while, for a while. But in all fairness, like Hal Jordan himself as a character is so outdated. I mean. You know, who the fighter pilots? I mean, like, your fighter pilots are cool and they're still around and stuff, but he was created when, like, the right stuff was, you know, when, like, yeah, no, space travel. When the fighter pilots were, like, so stuff. I mean, you know, I think they really would have been better off creating a brand new Green Lantern character. I didn't, I would really wouldn't even have minded if they would have shunted off Kyle I'd the be, way they did. I'd be okay with that, yeah, a brand new Green Lantern yeah. character. Emerald Warriors, yes. more of the same, don't read it. Uh, Frankie, did you have anything to say about Emerald Warriors? On the whole? Um... The Emerald Warrior issue itself, not much actually was occurring. It's a it's a good it's a good read, let me wrong, but it it spent too much time as an exposition. So pretty much you have like, you know, the whole part of the story where uh, you know, Bleeze and uh and Guy Gardner were like, Oh my god, totally hoser and then someone goes like, No wait and then everybody stops and goes, Huh You know what? Maybe we should do not the hosing of her part and just not and just, you know, go back into what we were doing earlier. And now she's a tag-along buddy. It's the weirdest part of the... The weirdest structuring part of the book. It's like, 
Don't hose her. She's clearly evil and has murdered a countless amount of people. Let's just do what everybody else is doing apparently these days and hold hands so, and, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> make marriage. Is there a reason why they let her tag along? I don't remember. Guy uh, said so. Guy, yeah, Guy goes, it's always good to have extra firepower, even though I was saying let's beat the crap out of her. Oh, wow. okay, good enough. Hey, so, you guys suck. I need backup, real backup. So we're bringing <laughs> Kilowog, you're cool, Aresia, you're iffy, I think we're getting another chick. Can we all just say wait for the trade then? It's a slow start, I'm still going to pick it up, I swear to you. Oh, more no, like no. The, I mean, we're, we're, I'm going to pick it up for the show, but I, I would, uh, personally, I would say, if you're listening to this, uh, and you're not reading Emerald Warriors and waiting for the trade, then you made a good decision. Wait, wait, I, I really want to reserve judgment for wait, the wait, end wait, of this. What? Nobody, wait, wait, nobody really said anything about the art, and I think we should just say something oh, about the art, the art really quick before we move on. Yeah. Well, Eric, what'd you have to so you brought it up? Uh, great. I think Trinan Fashion is awesome. He's got that yeah. kind of like archaic kind of like draws everybody's six packs through the costume thing that I, I wish people would really move away from and stuff. But um, he's uh, he's awesome. I think he's great. I think it's it's stunning how detailed he is considering he's a monster guy. I agree. With you. I like his kilowog. Like, it's like he's literally using the kilowog action figure as his model. <laughs> <laughs> he's a less stylized version of Ryan Sook, and I love okay. that. Um, I do feel like this 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 art seems a little bit seems like it'll be a little bit better placed in in Green Lantern proper with Hal Jordan, but I don't know. Did you say Green Lantern proper? No, like like cause, no because because like <laughs> Green Lantern proper. I'm, I'm not saying that's a proper. <laughs> Green Lantern proper. 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 I'm like, I know he said proper. It's, yeah. it's, it's not Emerald Ward. It's not core. It's just Green Lantern. You know. You <laughs> can say it again. Green Lantern, and then that's it. It's not, it's not what else am I supposed to call it? It'd be neat to see Monkey on Emerald Warriors and this guy. Oh, I think it'd be amazing. Monkey would probably... Amazing doing what? Drawing talking heads? No, <laughs> there's more... Hey, oh, hey, no, hey, There's more characters. No. <laughs> Do you want more know, Monkey more variety. more like look at the script and say, huh, talking head, you know what would be better? Her, him punching her in the face. <laughs> no one can question him <laughs> about it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing against Banana Passer. But imagine if, like, Doug Monkey drew that weird eyeball guy with the tree of psychic... Accelerated clone people and stuff. I mean, he'd make it something legitimately like, what the fuck? You know, like, I, really yeah, disturbing. I, 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 this is the same guy who draws Scooby-Doo every, every issue. I, I like, I like, I like both. Scooby-Doo? I like the art on both books. I just, I just feel like, I, I think it, both books could benefit if they switched artists. Yeah. I, I, I think, in all fairness, Fernando Passer and, uh, I think, I don't want Doug Monkey to move because Greenland is a higher profile book and it's better for yeah. Doug Monkey to be on that book. Yeah. But for him, but I think for us as fans, I think I really, it's also because, you know, I, I think, I don't know, I mean, I don't really consider the Hal Jordan book all that important. I mean, not, I read it because I have to read it, you know, but I think that nobody's even really writing it anymore. You know what I mean? It's I the most like, autopilot book feel, on the yeah. stand. I feel like everybody everybody in this book has a little, way like, to put it. I mean, like, so far we've, we haven't gotten all that many characters, but, like, like uh, Guy Gardner especially is, like, you know, Tough jaw. Everybody's got a six pack. I feel like that's that's Green Lantern art, a little bit more, you know, slightly generic, or I guess. I, I agree. Yeah. I think that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Catherine's cool, but I think he's his Doug Monkey stylized enough to make something like Emerald Warriors a weak issue, like to stand out where nothing's gonna help Jeff Johns. You know, <laughs> nothing's gonna help Jeff Johns. So. I disagree. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Why? Let's talk about Green Lantern. Okay, Green Lantern. Number Ooh, yeah. the final the final reveal of uh one where that guy went in the last in the last issue was a pretty <laughs> he's not yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's that, it's that guy. Uh, too, and I'm apparently, he has inside information that no one no one's gonna be privileged to. And uh, yeah. 
And Adara, the, uh, the, it's Adara, right? That's how you pronounce it? Hope. Adara, yeah. Adara, one of those. So it's basically the, that, that, uh, that character from, uh, you know, Firefly. And, uh, Inara, yeah. who instills hope. So it's, uh, it's, it, the issue itself? Yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, it's pretty. Yeah, right now, it's, you know, it's, 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 after, 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 um, skimming through Emerald Warriors again and, um, are we and, going back to Emerald Warriors? No, no, I'm saying after skipping through Emerald Warriors again and, and reading, <laughs> no reverse uh, gears here and reading Core, uh, this looks really cartoony. GL looks cartoony. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Why. No, well, no, 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 Anything no, no, no. with Lost Wings is gonna look cartoony. Wanted this cartoony look for another book. No, I, I no, 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 no. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's all. I'm not saying it's all the pencils. The pencils. Because like like some some of this like like the pencils are, are really great on this pen page. Uh, you're just saying it's worth noting. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying like like on some pages. No, I agree that. Yeah. The, the, the art is a little more good. simplistic. I still I, I yeah. Yeah. I'm saying it, I, I I still stand that it, that it uh, suffers from the three from having multiple inkers. Although they have cut it down to to two extra inkers as opposed to just as opposed to like what was it six inkers on this book including monkey. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. The art was uh, not much to say about the story. Although, either. although I do find, it, I did find it... no, to say much about the story itself. No, it's uh, hey, what, wait, what what issue number was this? Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. I'm glad it takes precedence. So, so a little a little girl, a little wait. girl forgives forgives this guy who kidnapped her, and now she is the entity of hope. Well, yeah, I was going to yeah. bring that. I was going to bring That's point to that. Right? I'm I'm disappointed that it's not Obama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's... Well, no, he can't, he can't bring that anymore. They could have done, done so much more with this, but this is what they did? Seriously? Well, again, exactly. remember, everything everything Fucking in the terms ridiculous. of an emotional spectrum and everything in this universe is very black and white. Apparently, if you come out of nowhere and go like, hey, man, I have a really creepy affection towards you, the love entity will come will come straight for you. Okay, if you yeah, say, no, hey, I forgive you, child rapist. If I forgive you, child rapist, apparently hope itself will go like, you know what? I believe your sincerity. Like, like, yes. Yeah, it seems, it seems she forgave him and then hit him in the face with a hot bowl of soup. It's ridiculous. Hopeful is not forgiveness. I don't understand. Like, I guess you hope for transition. You hope for redemption. You hope for kind of like I, I hope not to die. But it's something, yeah, because yeah, I hope. Yeah, she I, hoped her it, plan it, would work. <laughs> well, there you go. That's that makes sense. It seems weird. I don't like the idea that like the predator entity was was in a guy who was going to rape a waitress, and I don't like the idea that the hope entity was in a, a victim about to be raped by some skeevy guy. You know, like, and oh I, my I, god! I like, I Are all the entity hosts going to be rapist rapies? <laughs> I mean, at least <laughs> okay. Rage will more than likely find Dick. a rapist. With the with the predator entity, it made sense. He was in some sort of love, whatever. But this, I mean, first of all, hope is barely barely an emotion to begin with. Um, you know what it is, though, and I don't mean to be like this. Hope is I complex. Think, I believe that this is I, none of them are emotions. Willpower is not an emotion. Um, I believe that um, willpower is now, control of emotions. This guy, yeah. and I'm not jumping to conclusions. I'm surprised I didn't see more of this uh, kind of a backlash. But I think this again points to Jeff Johns' insensitivity in, in particular, and DC's insensitivity in particular. I mean, Jeff Johns has always been kind of the king of like. I don't have to do anything but stay black kind of insensitivity, you know what I mean? But um, here oh it's like God. he has one issue where a character was uh, possessed from a pervert sexual predator, um, and then the way they solved his Sexual predator! Oh, my God, yeah, I can't stop they, laughing at that. The way they solved his uh, problem is um, by, you know, making out with him. So it's like, how do you deal with sexual predators? We give him, what they, we give him some action. They'll calm down, you know? And then this <laughs> issue, there's sexual predator about the kid girl, and how do they win that? 
Well, she says, you know what? I know you're going to murder me and rape me, but I forgive you. You know, so it's like, so basically it's two issues which are kind of rape apologies, <laughs> kind of explaining away these entities and stuff. I mean, I think it's like, obviously, again, I don't think it's deliberately like Jeff Johns is like, you know who gets too much flack? So i got to fix this right now. <laughs> a, a level of insensitivity that he has that is, I'm not really comfortable well, with. I mean, he's got a level of privilege that a lot of, you know... Yeah, he, well, white male privilege. See, yeah, he doesn't see that, that this could be problematic. You are he has the most frustrating job in the entire world. Like, you, you he has a job, he has a little boy's job. Like, he legitimately has, he's getting paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars to be a little boy, you know, and like, he's a big, gigantic white man from like the middle of America who gets a little boy's job. So, of course, he's completely insensitive to rape issues and stuff, but still. So, besides all that, I think my big problem is we just saw the ion issues again. Got reminded of that story on how Kyle had to go through fuck-ass difficulty to get even, to get the ion power, yada, yada, yada. And yet now these entities are just kind of shitting themselves out all over anybody who, as Frankie said, shows the slightest bit of emotional content, you know, like, which is ridiculous. I kind of now now taking aside the the sexual and gender politics, um, putting that aside because for the most part I don't I don't feel qualified enough to make gigantic umbrella statements about things. I really kind of like the idea that Adara or Adara chose a kid to to kind of possess because I mean if you think about it, like the hope of a little kid when someone tells you, you things are going to be okay, like children believe that because they don't know any better. <laughs> like you know yeah. they believe in. In, well, in, in hope. I mean, this this little girl was kidnapped, and you know, believes with all her heart that that everything is going to be okay because it doesn't occur to her the realization that maybe it won't. You you mean they very specifically draw her mother with a crucifix around her neck, and she's talking about forgiveness. So I mean, it's very much a a sort of religious drummed into her. She has yeah, hope, and she believes it with all of her heart, and I think that's why. You know, Adara kind of chooses her. Yeah, it's a crappy circumstance, and yeah, it's a little problematic. And this is one of the problems I have kind of with Green Lantern in general. They keep putting characters I don't know anything about into these positions, and then I feel bad that I don't care. <laughs> like, I have no idea who this little girl is. I'm like, maybe she was introduced. Maybe this is like a longstanding plot, and she's just been like on a milk carton in an issue I haven't read yet. You know, maybe yeah, that, yeah, that would require. Get that done. And I've just missed it. But I mean, aside from the idea, aside from the fact that I am a woman, and I would not want to be in this situation, I really nothing nothing resonates with me. It just kind of seem, seems thrown in for the sake of shock, which, nah. So yeah. no, there. It's the fact that you know what. I can see the fact that, you know, the little girl can have a, a belief in the, you know, that you know, hope and the naivete that, you know, it will get better. The funny thing is, I don't think, to me, I don't think that's the main reason why Adara actually wants the little girl. I think she was a focus point of hope in order to find the girl, you know, hope. All these people, all these masses of people are focusing their hope of finding this one child and hoping for her safety, hoping for They're her hoping kid. on her. Yeah, and, you know, and, you know they're projecting hope onto, onto one figure. So there's a little blue bullseye on her forehead. I mean, I feel, I feel I like think, that's yeah. a really good. That's a really good perspective that I hadn't considered. Yeah, I, think, I really yeah. actually like that. Yeah. I feel like I feel like both of those things uh, that you guys said make sense. You know, the uh, either she's got blind hope or they all hoping towards her. They're, they're hoping on her or whatever. Um, but it's it, I just find it strange that that you know we have to we have to infer all these things ourselves in a in a freaking comic book. 
Like it's it's not like yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a matter of interpretation. I think again, Jeff Johns is not trying yes. to play the play the whole you know religious card. He is showing yeah. it a lot. He's showing it a great deal, but he's trying to say, you know what, you believe what you want to believe. If they believe blindly, like, like, you know, you know, whatever, you know, as much hopeful as you can be, if it's a religious aspect or not. You know, that's up to the, that's up to the reader. See, I don't think he's being that purposely ambiguous. I think he's just writing what he knows. I don't think he's purposely going out of his way to be right? mysterious. Why well, I'm not going? And that's how rumors get started. Is he is he inferring that Jesus Christ was the first host to Adara? Yeah, I thought that was the compassion entity, and compassion's uh, compassion's reached towards all hope, the big purple hope, cross. Hope from a prayer. Was it said, the, wasn't, wasn't it? hope the flood? Hope was yeah that was the was the dove that uh, Noah released is, to find the land. Is that why Adara is like a three headed bird? Yeah, because yeah, I uh, guess so. It is a bird. Yeah. You, did, you, did, you you missed the part in the Bible where the three headed bird flew out from the ark. Well, see, I'm glad someone mentioned <laughs> like, bird. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> uh, it looks like the the red entity on its own with no host is able to like actually affect the living. Or, <laughs> Lay waste like, to everything. It's just killing I mean, things. I don't it's think. Funny. It's funny. Can that any other entity do that? We've, we've uh, seen nothing else to straight out go kill everything just possess. Parallax no, can't. Parallax, can't, Parallax cannot affect anything unless he has a host. It's or, if he's in, or if he's in the back. Yeah, Rebirth, Parallax got him a fist by Green Lanterns at the end. No, again, again, it was, Where? I mean, it was, it was inside of Pal Jordan, it was inside of Kyle Raider, it was inside of Gaffin when they had yeah. a fist fight with the Cole with the, with the yeah. Green Lanterns. It needs a host to actually perform anything. Do anything, yeah. Same with Ion. The only yeah. Same with Adara. Apparently. Uh, same with uh, uh, the Predator. The only one apparently need uh, does not need is Rage. Because Rage is just fury unleashed. But yet it will so be weird. Predator, when the Predator was running, when the Predator was running on the eighties, that was like that was just supposed to be like he was possessing Carol, but was her male side coming out kind of a thing. Yeah, her her male side manifested as what she, as what she wanted Hal to be or something uh, weird so like that, and then, and then but she then like herself? yeah, and then her yeah, on that train her she impregnated herself. Yeah, Green Lantern both of you guys, we're gonna get stuck on this. Yeah. Let's move on. Wait, wait, one, one thing though. Can Thank I you, Eric. Really, really quick. Um, yes. Nobody commented on the first part where where Atrocity is bombed on Tom. Oh yeah, murdered the school. A school bus full of would-be would murderers and rapists, and more than like <laughs> yeah, a prison bus full of murderers. Two, two, two. A prison bus Again, at least two possibly innocent We're going to school. More than likely two innocent men in that bus, because, again, forces are not flawless. Those guys could have been innocent. Yeah. Statistically speaking, at least 36% of the people in that bus probably committed no crimes once yeah, they I mean, were roasted what alive. A, it's like... Statistically impossible. They're all like tax invasion. I think he was just making an excuse to kill them all. No, it's an archaic. He's right. He doesn't care. It's just... old school morality where if you're in prison, you're evil and shit. And it's kind of like it's it's kind of insulting. The invisible, the invisible stripes. Yeah, exactly. It's 2010. It's, it's it's insulting to me to have a character go like everyone in this prison must die. It's like uh, you know, like the whole Punisher mentality or or Watchmen mentality where Warshak gets stuck in the prison and everyone's his target. And it's like, but yeah, but. <laughs> That's that's the whole point of why it's sick that Rorschach can burn him because he's just killing these dudes and we don't know what they did. You know? I mean, like it could just be you know Tom Harry who's hanging out in the wrong place, wrong time, where he thinks he murdered his wife and he certainly did not. You know, and Atrocity just boils him alive. Like that guy. It, 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 it could be just some place. guy who's. It could be just some guy who sold some weed. Or like a shopkeeper that the shop the shop that thieves. 
in the my, back. Of, my favorite part of Sinestro goes like, you realize it's ironic, right? And then uh, Trust is like, well, it's ironic that I'm done to your face. Oh. <laughs> See, that's why I want them to have their own book. Totally. That would be so great. Yeah, the battle right? between the two, yeah. It's still, it's still hilarious as to why Sinestro and him haven't gone at, haven't killed each other yet. Brings brings uh brings the weapon of the weapon of cord into into play. The fi- finally, as we've seen him in Brightest Day, getting his uh, hands on the White Lantern net that uh Dead Man had left uh, left behind in his quote unquote uh face off against the the anti monitor. Uh, so again, we're bring we're we're finally introduced we're finally reintroduced to the character. He comes out as you as you see the maker of uh, Sinestro's uh, powering. And the damned of the Quardians, and of course, we the, first, the one of the first things we see is back on Korrigai, uh, Kyle Rayner doing doing his bet his bet spit of still being the the one in Soul Green Lantern, and for some reason spouting dude a lot. I'm not sure <laughs> as to why. Dude, like I totally beat your boss, man. Well, he is a '90s kid. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, and bringing it to a point, the, we we see the the the. Uh, the truce unfold of the Green Lanterns and the Sinestro Corps when, uh, I forget what, what, what they're calling it, No-Brainer? Are we going to say No-Brainer? <laughs> yeah, No-Brainer no goes, goes into her whole, I'm going to kill you, man, for uh, apparently insulting me. And uh, two other Sinestro Corps members flying away going, you know what, uh, good luck with that. That other Sinestro Corps member found it hilarious. I think it's funny that the fight almost happened because technically Kyle was saying, like, Kyle went to a construction site and said that the wall wasn't hammered. He's like, hey, this wall isn't hammered. And then a bunch of the construction workers came up and said, you stupid motherfucker, you're going to die. It's like, you weren't doing anything. Why are you so mad at him for helping? <laughs> Asshole. Um, well, to be fair, Kyle was going to be a dick. This issue was really, I didn't like, I don't like the art. I'm going to say that straight off the bat. I think it's sloppy, it's messy. I think, I get the idea that the weapon here is supposed to look like some kind of, like, Lord of the Rings blacksmith thing. I hate the design. Um, thought they were really sloppy and messy. I think it, you could just tell like, that one page drew of Sinestro, his head was three different sizes and three different panels and stuff, so just um, not very good art. Um, his ego is related. Yeah, the issue was really padded. I think Sornik was, was written out of character, which is weird. Cause, you know, it's nice to know that Sornik has enough of the character that's recognizable that I could say she was written out of character. Kyle was a little too dude-ish. I did like that he talked shit. So a lot of the guys he talks shit about, he really shouldn't be talking shit about. I mean, because it kind of like used 60 guys to beat Mongol and Oblivion was created in his own mind as a kind of unstoppable entity. So you don't want to remind people you did that. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's like, do you remember I defeated that guy that I created that killed universes? Yeah, I do remember that. I was meaning to say that. Asshole. That was a big move. Yeah. But uh, I like that he talks shit. I don't really like that he, like, conceded and stuff. But I don't mind that I get his ass kicked. Usually Bugs and Kyle get his ass kicked. But I don't really mind because they're obviously just setting up this film and, um... It's logical because he's using these kind of rings that these guys built so he knows how to get the ring apart and stuff. And I am kind of I like the way the issue ended where he picks a fight with Sinestro and Sinestro's like, oh, you know, whatever. You don't have the 75 guys to pack you up this time. He hits him one in the face. I'm pretty excited about Nick's issue. So, you know, I'm it's obviously like, going to kind of roll. Well, yeah, Hal's not here to protect you now. It's like spit smack. <laughs> I need Hal here to punch you in the face. I uh, I like the next Sinestro hits back. That actually kind of... Oh, yeah, that, the, that the, Best tagline <laughs> ever. The tagline for the next issue. Sinestro will hit Kyle back. Now wait that 30 days. Yeah, that bugs me because I think the page before it was like, Kyle's like, I'll kick your ass if you don't go. And 
And Sinestro says, like, like, you couldn't kick my ass if you tried. And Kyle's like, watch me. And then the tagline says, he can't. What's the tagline is saying, like, no, Sinestro's going to kick his ass. Don't worry. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much agree with Eric. Uh, I thought the art was a little sloppy, but uh, I didn't hate it as much as he did. Um, I thought the story was pretty good. Um, I know it was a basic Kyle talk shit handles business. It was quick, fast issue. Um, nice way to start off. Um, uh, Badar gave Kirkham something to do, and he did it. Um, I'm looking forward to the next issue. There's not much to say here. I would point out, I, it's, it's weird that the Weaponer of Quartz created a wedding ring for Sinestro. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a little thin band, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a one little thin band. He was like, yes, you will go out and do our bidding. The whole, let's bond before I make you this weapon. Now that's lame. <laughs> that's lame. I would write, you know what, forget it, I'll stick with Bro. my green one. <laughs> Alright, Andrew, what do you think? I liked aspects of it, but I was absolutely disappointed in the issue, to be to be brutally honest. I mean, I was actually really looking forward to this for many reasons, not the least of which the whole promise, kind of, of the payoff, of a payoff between Kyle and Sinestro. Um, yeah, wait for that shit. And we get kind of a cliffhanger in that, but a little bit of it here, too. Um, the art was another big thing. Obviously, Tyler's coming aboard was has been coming down the pike for a while. Uh, his covers look phenomenal, but I've I got to be honest, I'm a little disappointed in, in the interiors. It's not bad. It doesn't take me out or anything. Um, but it's a little sketchier than I was expecting, uh, just going off of his covers and stuff. Um, I think he draws a super cute uh, Sornik, but everybody else, everybody, else, everybody else is a little, little bit off. Like Kyle's a little too bulky and shit, but uh, not, not so much a fan of his Sinestro. That, he looks... <laughs> off. It's, it's just a lot of lines in this space. That's a line. Yeah. Eric, you had some thoughts on that variant cover, didn't you? <laughs> uh, what, what? You had some thoughts well, on that variant cover, didn't you? Oh, uh, yeah, I wasn't really a fan of the variant. I mean, it's nice to see, I guess that was Pat Gleason drawing it, but uh, it I think it was a little con- condescending to have a variant cover of uh, Sword Ignacio looking all hot and stuff. It's kind of like, oh, good. I mean, in all fairness, Sword Ignacio is a character that wears a skin tie outfit and has a boobs exposed for no reason whatsoever, but... um. It isn't really cool that she's like or she's like the only significant Green Lantern character that you know, besides Arisha and Boudicca, and Boudicca is like you know mutilated and was played as this like butch uh, stereotype for like years you know and um, Arisha is like you know Arisha let's all remember that Arisha was the twelve year old girl that aged herself she could have sex with Hal Jordan um, yeah. you know, like all these completely undesirable characters for sure Knox was probably I mean. And I don't want to talk too much shit, hype her up too much, but I think she's probably the best new Green Lantern introduced in, like, since Kyle Rayner, I mean, really, if you think about it. So um, it's kind of lame to see her just being like, look at my sexy back tattoo that you probably don't even have, lady. I mean, but who knows? I mean, apparently Thorne is not to just wakes up with tattoos sometimes, doesn't even care about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give me a mention of that. Tramp stamps. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. Sinestro was if here. There was, if there was some meaning or, or relevance to the back tattoo, I, I would be okay with that. But there's not, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's not even like this chick isn't a tattoo, because it's like, like Eric said, it was like forced on her by, by her dad in, in malice. Yeah, that's, and the, the weirdest thing about this, uh, the Barry cover is still the <laughs> oh god, and the Barry cover is her exposing her back to the so, tattoo, and then so, right there, the little tagline is Sinestro's daughter. Sorry, right. not. So why would she get the back tattoo? It's like, oh, you know, but that, my dad, that was kind of... What we didn't see was Sinestro kept going with the tattoo, and the more we see her in different like different layers of clothes, <laughs> we'll see more tattoo. It's like, Sinestro misses you. probably does have a tattoo. I mean, technically now the canon is that that's what her back looks like. 
because uh, I don't think we've ever seen her naked back before, so we were just introduced to her naked back. And, Maybe she you know, did I, mean, I think Sorry Ignatu is, I think Patrick Gleason's Sorry Ignatu is, is hot. I mean, in all fairness, like, it is a sexually attractive creature, but, I mean, you know, that, sh- that really should just be an aspect of the character. Like, Kyle Rayner is ridiculously sexually attractive, you know, but that should just be an aspect of his character, you know? <laughs> There's, yeah, here, okay, here, you're not going to see an issue where it's a red background where Kyle is looking saucily over his shoulder while peeling down his Green Lantern costume revealing like, <laughs> a, like a little ducky tattoo on like his shoulder. Down, so and it's not, not, not going to say Kyle and Han Vasquez's son, you know. It's not, it's not going to be like <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. It's just going to be Kyle, like, you know, getting a, a thing stuffed in his throat or punching yeah. Sinestro. Weaponers are characters, I think, that really just kind of fell by the wayside, and they really shouldn't have, because they're kind of an, they were really kind of a, a background intrinsic part of the DC universe that always could have been cooler. And I was actually a really big fan of what they were doing with the Weaponers um, in the Kyle Rayner run. I mean, I don't need to be like a Kyle fanboy, but there was this cool thing where they were kind of like behind all this moving and shaking, and they were they were set up as the uh, opposite force to the Guardians and stuff. It was just really cool stuff, and it's been unfortunate that Jeff Johns hasn't really capitalized on that aspect of Green Lantern continuity. By proving that Tony Bedard is using it here, we know that it's not going to be significant to Green Lantern continuity, which is kind of disappointing, but it is nice to see. You know, and I, it's a little weird that they're like, oh, this is the one guy that built Sinestro's ring, and it's kind of like, yeah, but that's not really necessary because it's. I, I like the idea of there being like 6,000 little bug-eyed dudes trying to make Sinestro's ring, and it's really difficult as opposed to just one beefy dude who's like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Ring, he's sort of the yeah. leader. That's, that's kind of my problem with him, too. It's, he's the yeah. head guy. He's the most skilled one. Yeah, but even then, I mean, like, you know, I mean, it's not interesting to me to see a guy who shows up. For me, it's now it's kind of like, why is he the weaponer? You know, like, why aren't there, if, if, now it makes me think if there was like 60 weaponers, it'd be an unstoppable force, because this one guy kicked Kyle's ass, you know, and it's kind of like, well, what does he have that you guys don't? It just seemed like he just knew what he was doing, but don't all the weaponers know what he's doing? So, yeah, remember, I, I kind of got the impression, I kind of got the impression that, like, he wasn't really of their race, like, he sort of, like, became adopted and in, into their society. And, but this weaponer? Like, like you know, I think he looks like Santa Claus. I think exactly. I think he's Santa Claus. I think he's the he's the he's the animator Santa Claus is what he is. It could be a, again. One I, of the funny things is like back back when um, uh, Sinister Corps War was beginning was first started. Remember, he enslaved all the weaponers of Quad of Quad and had them manufacture rings and batteries. In fact, in, in Ion, at the end of Ion, when uh, Ron Mars was foreshadowing the Sinister Corps War, like Kyle as Ion saw, like in Quad, there was like all these hundreds of dead dead uh, Quardians that were, I guess, refusing or putting up a fight or something. Right. That's so right. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just weird to see that, you know, this one weapon is like, I'm the best at doing everything you know. I do. Well, he was, the, he was the one originally created it, I guess, and then you could say that the others learned from what he did and uh, were able to manufacture rings mass-produced. Well, it seems like he's been out of the game for a while. There's got to be an explanation as to if he hasn't been around because he's been around for so long that it's kind of like, why would he pick now to kind of pick a fight, you know? But also, I mean, again, wasn't I, I thought the, the point of the weaponers the last time you saw them before that foreshadowing about Ron Mars was that they were, like, kind of fanatically obsessed with creating, like, an antithetical Green Lantern, so they were really, they wanted there to be, because I remember oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that's right. the Nero storyline. Yeah, you that's, know, good, that's an excellent thing to bring to, up, like, actually. Help Nero. Yeah. But yet, they go their way to help Nero, even though they get, like, six of them are like, shit, we know Nero's going to kill us as soon as we get near him, but we have to help him. So they go out there and, like, six of them just sacrifice a lot to give him, like, a bottle of Gatorade or something. So it's kind of like, I like that idea as a little, like, so you didn't really need to enslave them because they're already kind of on your side, brother. But, but that's, that goes to the whole Nero thing. Like, why was Nero part of the fucking Sinestro Corps? But, well, he was being shot in the head, apparently, like, later on. Yeah, well, Nero, again, this, Nero is kind of like, people seem to, 
you can't really front on the fact that Nero is probably one of the most powerful ring bearers that has ever existed. You know, I like the constructs in this issue a lot. I mean, yeah, both artistically so and the way they were thought up. Like the Kyle armor thing, I like the the surgeons, about, the surgeons yeah. knives for. And how about how? Uh, and how, how? And how about how the weaponer guy uh, used his uh, construct to actually pull apart Kyle's own? Yeah, that yeah. was probably yeah. the best part. Yeah, that's actually. And I don't mind that. That was a good, that He was intricately good. picked apart every little weakness at it. Yes, that's like actually a good a good use of a uh, of a mysterious file that's never been actually conceived before. So, you know, being able to deconstruct uh, a lantern's uh, construct just by the, by the fact that he is a weaponer, of course, and using so, a white lantern. Power. Now, the one thing I was going to bring up was the fact that uh, Saradek Natsu's father is revealed in this story. The funniest thing, uh, you know, it said out loud, and she goes, nobody nobody knows this. The funny thing is, Kyle doesn't even bat an eye. Doesn't bat an eye, doesn't say what. Yeah. He's like, it's such a good point. It's like, you know, you, you know, you really like think it's between the panels. One of the most character defined things about Sornic Natu lately is like, you know, oh yeah, her her dad is Sinestro, and it's like, it's kind of on the cover. That would kind of be a big thing, like, Revealing you know, that to Kyle. Kyle you know, you, you really think she would have brought no, up to Kyle it before? Was never, it was never meant to yeah. come out face to face. The only person who knew about Sinestro, about Sinestro being uh, her father, was um, Princess Elande. Elande, whatever. Oh, yeah, and they do. Who's your daddy? Oh, Thal Sinestro. I was like, what? Yeah, that was the only. That was the only. The only person that knew the secret and probably the guardians, because you know all the rings are unlocked. And <laughs> that is what happened. Like, well, Kyle doesn't even care. Yeah, Kyle doesn't even care that Sinestro killed his mom. So why would he care that? I mean, there, there better be some fucking payoff in that in the next issue. Other... Bringing it back. Um, one of the funny things about the you know uh, the end point of the story is that the fact that the weapon of course defeats Kyle, which is ridiculous, uh, defeats Kyle. And just tells him, "Hey, man, you're gonna do exactly what I say." It'd be kind of, it'd be kind of silly if he. If he <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, silly. Like, he's got this 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 brand new villain with this awesome power, and he his first his first appearance ever. He gets <laughs> trounced <laughs> by Kyle. I mean, he's, 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 he's like, like yeah, he's the I got this Dude, awesome power. Oh wait, it's not that awesome. Oh, Frank, uh, Frank, Frank, I'm hey, sorry, Frankie. Remember, remember, Kyle Frankie. has defeated everyone from Mongol to Oblivion. So, and Frankie, this, this, this guy this, should have been a cakewalk. This guy knows the weaknesses of the rings and is running around with freaking uh, manipulative construct energy from the White Ring. I brought this up before. It is an unknown power that's never been used until now, and apparently he's capable of doing a lot of things. But I don't like I, I, don't, I don't like that when Kyle loses. He says, "You can listen to me now." And Kyle goes, "Yeah, yeah, okay." Like a fucking punk, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, I realize he's out in this issue after, after everything he says in the issue. Not, everything yeah. he says in the issue, saying how how much of a badass he is to run real true Green Lantern. Uh, does all this stuff, the guy beats him, starts yelling at him like a rabid pit bull, and he goes, okay, man, back up, it's cool, it's cool, it's I'll do whatever you want. It's either that or let Sonor die. Exactly. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was capitulating, just the dialogue should have been a little more, like, I feel like the dialogue should have been a little bit more heroic. Something. I think what it was was the angle, and all we saw was his hand in the air, like he was, like, pleading. That, yeah, exactly. He says, okay, okay, sorry, I think he apologized. <laughs> No, he, he, he asked him, he said, he's like, why, why not get him your damn self? Why did you hit me? Why don't, yeah, why don't, why don't he go, like, listen, man, I'll do whatever you want. Just don't hurt her. At least give me that. Yeah, he he should have right, said, man. don't hurt her, instead of, why'd you hit me? Or some shit like that. All he no. said was, yeah, okay, and then he questions why he doesn't get Sinestro. And then he phases yeah. out. Okay, she's instead of, and he had a shield to his fucking throat. What was he supposed to do? I like that Kyle talks a lot of shit in this issue. I like that he, you know, 
there's a lot of really cool stuff. Um, it's kind of not really in his character. Kyle's always been, um, I mean, well, not always. The last, like, like maybe five years, Kyle's been pretty modest, you know, so it really wouldn't make any sense. He's like, Kyle, he's like, Kyle Jordan's a loser. Like, you know, it wouldn't really make any sense. <laughs> but, well, he's um, probably tired of, he's probably tired of getting calls from Hal every five minutes saying, yeah, I'm better than you, fucker. Well, he's probably realizing that he's actually been, well, he's no, actually no, gotten no. into more fights than, Kyle, Kyle, he actually gets more involved in it. that Hal's better than him. That Hal's better than he could ever be. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Kyle's always been really nice about that. Well, you know what? Maybe because it's always because other guys are around, and this is the only people that were around were a couple of dead Sinestro guy or a dead Sinestro guy in the weaponry. So he's like, now that I'm fighting, I could be totally honest with you. I'm the best, and I know it. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I like that. But I, I don't. I think this is this, and then the middle of, up until the middle of next issue is really going to be the most that Kyle's going to be involved in the storyline. I think because I think they're going to, oh, you know, they're going to. Who is typing away? I'm sorry. That's, He's going to fight the next It's going to kind of, uh, I think the best we can hope for is it coming to a draw, and then um, and then they're going to break it up, and then it's going to be all about Sinestro and Sornik for a little while. Well, what will he do for his daughter, yada, 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 kind of thing. And Kyle's just going to kind of be there for a third wheel to bounce stuff off of. So. I'm not is really that happy. a bad thing to you? Are, are you not happy that Kyle got almost this whole I'd issue Kyle, about himself? I'd rather have, because really, this, it just felt like, again, I like that Kyle talked shit, but it was kind of, for me, it was like, bald writing, you know, because I could tell that he was like, oh, I'm going to pad this issue with some Kyle stuff. That way I don't have to do anything with Kyle there. Because he did that with John Stewart in the first storyline. Like, John mm. Stewart had, like, the majority of the yeah, dialogue the first two issues. And then all of a sudden on, he wasn't involved at all. You may be onto something there. He definitely had the most memorable moment of probably this entire series just off that one line of dialogue. Like, Which one? What, at the end? Um, no, um, what, what did he say? Like, I, I, I I'm the real... Oh, yeah, 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 okay. That's your okay. boss. Yeah. I've, beaten, I've beaten everybody from Mongol to Oblivion. Do you really want to mess with me? And then he does the Kamehameha. <laughs> not, not a fan of the dudes. A lot of, a lot of dudes. Yeah, I'm not a, yeah, I'm not you a fan of the dudes. You want the real Green Lantern? The only person that writes him like that is Jeff Johns, and that's not something... Oh, Grant did that in the 90s. Why is the, the, the white lantern net oh, much better. possible? Yeah. Why is the white lantern net... Even like positive. like what what is it doing there? Is it just it's on the back of the shield? What does that do? Apparently, uh, oh, again, I, it's the, the hammer transformed, this. but the shield, the net is on the shield. Well, so, it's the but the energy came, the energy came from the shield. No, again, here's the here's energy. The He's a weaponer. What like is the he shield? Doing? The shield the is the shield is engineered to siphon energy from the net that that it's right. kind of netted with into whatever he wants, I guess. Yeah. Or whatever he needs, rather. Did you like, see the image? It assesses, think of it this way. It assesses the situation and then gives him a think solution. Of it this way. The, the shield is your Kind of like Prometheus. It's very much your, it's your power source. It's his battery. Yeah. While his, uh, his hammer is his control metal. That's how it works. He'll, he'll transfer power from the shield to the battery, to the, to the control metal, which is the hammer, and form it to whatever he needs. Yeah, think about it like the net is his sack. Right, and that goes to his his shield, which is the ball skin, and then the hammer is the story chef. That is how you explain. How short is the commute from Korrigar to, to Earth? They go through self warp space. They can be there in a moment. Pretty short, yeah. That's, a, that's actually, actually, I mean, actually, subluminal sub space apparently takes at least a couple of yeah, a couple of hours. Well, technically yeah. speaking, if they're traveling through light, if they're traveling like that, where they're traveling back fast through subluminal space, they should be able to get there instantaneously. They shouldn't really have any like travel time. You know what I'm saying? Well, so kind of bending through time. Hasn't either been shown or, or anything. I still remember. I still remember in the first issue of the core of them moving through, through subluminal space with a 
garbage load of luggage. Yeah, they were flying and talking. That doesn't really make any sense unless they were going slow. I mean, you got to think about the idea that um, that's why in the Superman movie, you know, the fact that uh, Krypton was, Superman is like thousands and thousands of years old in the movie because he's in his little spaceship in space for thousands of years because that's how long it would take him to get to Earth. Um, so yeah, that's the way, like, real space works if you want to get into it. So, yeah, they must be traveling, like, faster than time. So. It does seem a little weird. Had you were going to bring up something? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a guy that sits down and, like, organizes all of his storylines and different comics and all that stuff into chronological order. It's it's not unreasonable to, to slot this in a place where Sinestro could have been on, on Earth and all that stuff. It's not, not a big yeah. deal. No, it's loose. It's loose. Shouldn't a bigger Left. deal be that Kyle found Sinestro on Earth and... We haven't seen Hector find Carol yet. Well, no, this is wait, this is before all that. This is like this, this is like this is like when how this is like when Sinestro first appeared on Earth during the the White Lantern appearance. No, how do you know that? Here's a better question. It must be. When else was he on Earth? He's in in New York. Yeah, this is a better question. Stemming stemming from Brandon's from Brandon's uh thought. Shouldn't it actually be the bigger question be that the fact that Cal knows that Sinestro's on Earth, even though no one else apparently is aware. That these homicidal, genocidal <laughs> maniacs are still there. <laughs> the Flash just ring, ring, det- ring, detect the radiation from Sinestro's ego. Earth. Well, Brandon's got a good point that Hector really should have checked two planets to look for Carol. The only two planets she ever goes to, which are Xamarin and Earth. No, <laughs> He's no, like, yeah, I look around, I can't say where else to look. Up, she just happened to be in Xamarin really once. Yeah, Hector shows up on Mars. Like, what are you doing, Marshman Hunter? Where's Carol? Yeah, he's like, I'm looking for Carol. He goes to, like, every universe, every planet. I'm looking for Carol. It works for, like, you know, it works for, like, Pepe Le Pew. You go slowly, and eventually you catch the cat. It'll work. <laughs> it worked for, for Scott Pilgrim. I went for a girl with hair like this. <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap this up. Also, be sure to check us out online at www.thegreenlinercore.com. You can also email us at contact at thegreenlinercore.com. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check us out next time. Also, remember to check us out next time for the conclusion of our interview with Doug Mankey. And be sure to check out Kirby Crackle, the performance of our opening thing, Room Capacity, at www.kirbycracklemusic.com. Also, check out the Roy Clark Method performance of our ending theme, Sector 2814, at method.
black, 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 black. I'm so confused right now. Is that what he? Is that what y'all hear? Black, black, black. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard crap, crap. There's actually, actually a song like that. I was at Borders the other day, and they had this uh, Teen Titan, this random ass Teen Titans hardcover, not hardcover, but trade. It was Jeff, one of Jeff's things. And I was like, all right, Jeff, you got one page to convince me that uh, <laughs> one page this, this is going to be good. And on that one page, Superboy was looking through Wonder Girl's clothes. And <laughs> I, was, I was like, good job, Jeff. Won you over. <laughs> won me over. How come I can't send anybody a message? That's your black, black, black. <laughs> black, black, black. <laughs> okay. That is horrible. What is wrong with you? <laughs> a kid in my high school was uh, thrown out of school for silencing the lambs. Oh, oh my God. True story. You really thought Sinestro? Poor lamb. People always think that's so funny, but you got to think about these animals that don't want it, you know? In, in, in 15 years, okay, in 15 years, between when he was a police scientist to today, they invented something called technology that they did not even <laughs> have today when he first became a, a, a police scientist. You know what I mean? Like, he, he'd know nothing about the way stuff works. It's ridiculous. Okay, and, and one page of Final Crisis, what did Wally West do? He read the fucking internet. If Wally can do it, Barry can do Barry. it. That's not, that's not true. I no, 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 that's not true because Wally and Barry... They, 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 I mean, like, even though they're they're all they're all flashes, whatever. They have slightly different, like, for example, uh, what is it? Uh, Bart can Bart. remember that. Yeah, Bart, Bart yeah. Has, Bart has but that doesn't memory. mean he can. He's the fastest man alive. What's stopping them from rereading the internet in a split second? No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I mean, and, and then the other thing is that is that it's not. It's not. It's he not, has dialogue. It's, 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 it's dialogue. <laughs> the one, the one enemy of the Flash. <laughs> You know what it probably was? He saw, it was probably in a, it was probably in a region type thing where he saw Saeed and Saeed was like, you know, ten, but she was looking like she's gonna be a pretty hot thirty five year old. You could see her in like thirty years, sure. You know, what probably happened was he was actually having coffee with Arisha while the babies were kind of floating around. And he was like, Arisha, I got this real problem. She's like, What's your problem? And he's like, Well, I got this twelve year old girl that I'm raising as her father. And I'm kind of really sexually attracted to her, but obviously I know it's morally wrong to have it. The reason, like, you know, I had a similar problem. I was a 12-year-old girl attracted to Hal Jordan, so I aged myself 10 years. And now he has sex all the time. He's like, you could do that? Yeah, I Once in a while you read, like, an issue of, like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, a Batman issue where a random bad guy will have a robotic leg, and he's like, oh, yeah, I lost my leg in Iraq, and they gave me this cool cyborg leg, so now I kick in people's heads and rob their houses and stuff. And it's <laughs>